on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, March 21st. LA Galaxy coming off of a 1-0 loss to to Orlando City. They ruined a perfectly good day is what they did. They ruined a perfectly good day. We're going to talk about Cabral. We're going to talk about Chicharito. We're going to talk about Raheem Edwards, maybe some positive stuff in there as well. We're going to talk about how the LA Galaxy's dominance of the stat sheet is not helping them win games right now. Um, so we're going to get you all that. We also have some audio coming from the post-game side of this. Greg Vanny, Sasha Question talking. Probably focus more on Greg Vanny on that. Um, yeah, so we got, um, we got some stuff to talk about going into the international break. It's going to be a... Unfortunately for all of us, it's going to be a long little slog. Uh, we're going to have to survive here uh, over the next couple weeks until we get back into uh, into some soccer. But, I, I mean, can we start at the beginning? First of all, uh, Mr. Kevin Baxter down in Mexico right now. Um, so Kevin will uh, maybe be joining us later. Uh, maybe not. He was, uh, he was down there for a Liga MX game, and then he's staying for World Cup qualifying. And so he's actually, I think, covering a hockey game tonight. So he's covering a hockey game um, or hockey games at a mall that he was telling me about that has like seven stories and a slot car track on the bottom and an ice rink and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, (laughs) So that's what Kevin's up to. So I'm going to be it's going to be, you know, you and me. We're going to talk this through and hopefully come out a little better, better understanding of of, uh, everything that's going on. Um, Let's talk about the day. Let's, Let's start off on a good day, right? Absolutely gorgeous weather. Like the per- this it's this is when it pays to live in Southern California. You were all there. It was wonderful. It was gorgeous. It was like the perfect temperature. It was a little just a little tiny chill unless you were in the sun and then it was hot in the sun. Uh, the field looked amazing. Uh, somebody tweeted at me and said that they had Orlando City fans sitting in front of them and they were convinced that uh, the Orlando City fans were convinced it was turf because it, it didn't look real. It, it was it was gorgeous. Um, it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and so everything about it just felt like it was ready. It's a day game. Those, those white kits just glimmer in the daytime, right? I was first in line for pupusas. All right. I mean, there's, again, we, I, I, I know we're, we're going quickly here, but there was a lot of good heading into this weekend. All right. It was an early game, not my favorite, but is what it is. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to be fun. Like Orlando hadn't won in the Pacific time zone since 2015. This was a game that was going to be difficult, but one that the LA galaxy could manage, right? Nobody felt like Orlando was going to outplay the galaxy. And if we do get to toot our own horns, which we do, cause I'm sitting here and I get to do, um, I get to do what I want. Um, let's see. Yeah, there we go. Tooting my own horn. Um, is that uh, I nailed the game plan perfectly. Greg Vanny nailed the game plan perfectly. Uh, He knew exactly what Orlando was going to do. He talked about it on Wednesday when we talked about him. Uh, I told you on Thursday what I thought they were going to do, and I thought told you I knew who the star was going to be in this game. You knew who was going to be able to be the showcase player in this game, and it was going to be up to this player to show up because the time was now and in this game trying to break down back lines, trying to break through a set back eight um, that was more and more enough, and it was a you know a back nine or a back ten. Um, were set in two low blocks. You knew there was going to be space to run in behind. You knew that there was going to be ways to break through the lines 
and it was there. It was all there for the galaxy to take. 100%. It was all there for the taking. Uh, and I'm talking about my three pupusas as well. They were all there for the taking. By the way, if I would have taken the free pupusas, I was number like three out of the first 25 people to give. But I no no no. We I we we pay for our pupusas in this house, right? Especially whenever it's after. Um. So, so everything was there for the taking. Everything was gorgeous. It was wonderful. It was fun. Uh, the fireworks now that they do that sort of start things off. That's new. Um, and I do, do not appreciate it, but I'm going to let it slide. Um, you know how like they do the countdown on the screen and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, and there's just one boom and it, like the anthem hasn't even started yet. Um, I, I may have had to change my underwear after that went off. So that's new. I don't appreciate it, but I will do my best to try and remember um, that it happened, uh, that it's going to happen and try not to jump because I just got used to them like, you know, shooting off fireworks during the, uh, the anthem, which has only been going on for, I don't know, like 13 years, 14 years. Um... Yeah, there were mystery boxes. I don't know. Yeah, I, I hired some mixed things about mystery boxes as well. There were things I saw people with skate decks. It was really cool. I was walking out uh, whenever I was leaving the stadium. Somebody had a skate deck. Uh, hopefully one of our listeners is listening or in the chat room today. Um, but he, I walked over. I'm like, hey, can I see that? And it has the community kit colors. And I, I looked at it. I'm like, man, that's really cool. Um, and so I got to take a look at that. And I was like, I, I kind of like it. I kind of dig it. I go, I kind of like the blue and yellow one better. But and they were like, man, I like this one better. It totally makes sense. I get it. Like there's all these things that were, um, you know, that were set up for success on this day. This was supposed to be a good Saturday. You were supposed to be able to take this early game, take a win and enjoy the rest of your weekend. And that ended in the ninth minute whenever Orlando scored a goal. An early ending to a lot of things. And that's not even true because really when you look at the LA Galaxy and what they were able to do over 90 minutes, it was pretty dominant and yes it's dominant against a team that certainly wants to sit back um my favorite i think uh i think aaron and he might even be in chat room but i saw him on uh, on saturday as well but uh he was saying on twitter um he goes he goes i felt like we were playing down a man and i go i get it but you were as well because they had 11 people behind the ball at sometimes um and when you have 11 behind the ball your goalkeeper ain't gonna get into the attack so you are down a man um and you feel it uh, so, so again, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, ha- was really set up for success. The galaxy were set up for success. And remember, this is a team last year that was like on a mission not to lose back-to-back games. In fact, does anybody know how long it took for the LA galaxy to lose back-to-back games? I'll tell you while you're thinking about it. Tick tock, tick tock. Um, it took the LA galaxy 21 games to lose back-to-back games in 2021. 21 games. That was when they finally lost their back-to-back game. It was their 21st game out of 34. This happens after four games. And you can certainly look at the schedule, but this was not a loss. This was not a loss um, on the schedule. This is drop points. Uh, it's always drop points, especially at home. Um, but there was zero reason why you couldn't have gotten a point out of this game. And quite honestly, you did enough for the win. Um, so, I guess we should start talking about the game. I know we've already, I was talking about the lead up to the game. I didn't want to talk about like the full game, um, but we're, we're leading up to the game. So uh, the game kicks off the LA Galaxy quickly. Can I just, can I shout out real quick, Ryan Revelison? Uh, I'm a big fan of anybody who can get a first minute foul on the box, uh, on, on the books. Uh, and when I went through and watched this again, I remember laughing because I laughed in the press box whenever it happened to. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty funny. It was, I, I love a first minute foul. Give me a first minute foul every game. It's just like, you know, sometimes you can go 10 minutes, 12 minutes without a foul. And you're like, oh, wow, this is crazy. It's just been sort of this flowy game. And, and Ryan Revelison out there sticking out a foot in the first, like inside of the first minute, it's like 30 seconds in the match. We got a foul, blow the whistle. All right. Um, so, uh, so I, I appreciated that. So, so anyway, we get to the lineups and the lineup, I mean, if you're a Galaxy fan right now, you must be like jumping up and down. An unchanged lineup. The only change that we've had through four games was that Efrain Alvarez started in place of Victor Vasquez one time. One time. That's it. Uh, otherwise, this lineup has been unchanged, which is something that did not happen last year uh, with injuries and with designated players and with like new signings that didn't come in on time and all the other things that go on with this. The LA Galaxy have not had consistent lineups, not through last season. 
this year, so far, we've seen that. Now, I expect that there will be changes after this break. Uh, Greg Vanny drew a line in the sand. He said that they were going. he was going to re-sort of look at everything after this game, after this fourth game, and sort of say, okay, we're in an international break. Who else do we need to work back into the squad? I think you're going to see somebody like Derek Williams come to the squad. I think you're going to see somebody like Nick DePew possibly move out of the squad. Um because I think Sega Koulibaly has had has and continues to have some of his better games um, that I have seen him play. So if Sega is getting comfortable, uh, the guy who was the biggest question mark probably coming into this season, Sega Koulibaly, has been one of the better defenders the LA Galaxy have. Not the best, because that would be Raheem Edwards. Um, and if you would have told me that Julian Araujo would be the third or fourth best defender so far through four games, I would have smacked your face, told your mama on you. Um, I don't know what any of that means, but I said it, uh, it's, it's been head scratching just sort of what Julian Araujo has done and hasn't done so far. But, um, you know, we got a, a a good repeat lineup in this and the LA galaxy were able to start from a position, a base sort of, uh, a base level of knowledge of what they've done through the first three games. So we have this set up. Um, I would say that, uh, the stats that they gave us after the game and, and which I'm using, if you're watching the, uh, the, the live show or you're watching on YouTube, uh, the stats they gave us have the most accurate representation I've seen of, um, of a starting quote unquote lineup, which would have sort of been a four, four, one, one with Victor Vasquez playing underneath Hernandez, even though Kevin Cabral is usually the one and we'll, we'll show average positions here. Uh, eventually Kevin Cabral was the furthest up the field this entire game. Um, so that's, that's again, uh, Chicharito likes to drop back into it and start plays and then get back into it. So that makes sense, but it was Cabral's job in this game. And we told you this on Thursday night, it would be Cabral's job to break through these back lines. And he did. Um, so uh, Kevin Cabral is going to win something uh, that I don't think I've ever had to think about before. Kevin Cabral in this game, and the reason you're going to get to- really polarizing views of Kevin Cabral in this game, uh, I've heard that he sucks, uh, which I agree. Um, and then I've also heard he was their best player on the field, which may also be true. In fact, I believe Kevin Cabral may be the first time ever to get the like corner of the galaxy, the worst player, best player award, uh, best player on the field, also the worst player on the field. Um, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's a special case for Kevin Cabral in this. You can't look at his performance in this game and not be totally disappointed with how he finished any chance that he got. However, saying that, He played a couple really good balls and he was in perfect positions to score goals. Now, one of the ones that I think he's going to, he gets a lot of crap for that. He shouldn't is that one that Vasquez sort of hit over the hit over the, uh, the middle and was coming over his right shoulder and he didn't quite get to it. It was a little floated ball in there. That one was a really difficult one to get. He should get less guff for that one. That one you should run the one where he scuffed his shot at the top of the box uh, in that second half whenever the galaxy needed the goal um, and he basically almost tripped over the ball. That's the one he should get the most crap for um, because that was in a perfect position. He also played a unbelievable header off the back post. That was a corner kick. Vasquez hit it and it went uh, all the way past the end of the back post. Uh, and Cabral was the one who got onto it and headed it right across for Chicharito who did not score. I will tell you this. We will say that Cabral was the best player and the worst player. Okay. If you can go with, just agree with me on it for a little bit. Okay. Um, just agree with me on this just for a little bit is that Cabral was the best player and the worst player on the night. If that's the case, then Chicharito was not a good player in this night as well. Had many chances and missed many chances. Um, this Galaxy team uh, got outdone on a ninth minute counterattack. And we can certainly look at the defense, but Greg Vanny, and we'll get to Greg Vanny's audio here in a little bit. Greg Vanny's going to tell you that this was lost in the breakout. Right. This was lost at the very beginning, which was trying to win the ball back in the own zone. They gave the ball up and then they then they 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 uh, they tried to get it back in the attacking zone when they collapsed and tried to do that. Orlando escaped that pressure. All right. And so then you're going to make Nick Depew run. And I'm going to suggest that making Nick Depew run is not the best case for success. And he almost could have gotten to the ball. I know people are going to say he was inches from it and couldn't get to it. It's this weird thing and you can go back and you can't actually go back and watch it. Um, you can't actually go back and watch it, which is crazy um, because <laughs> and I put this note. I went to go watch the replay and the highlights again today and Univision missed the goal. 
Uh, TUDN missed the goal. They missed it. They were showing a replay. And so all they have is basically the finish on the replay side of things. They do not have this entire buildup um, that happened. And listen, Raheem Edwards caught out of position, but trying to trap. Um, and so that was sort of where it started and the ball gets out. And whenever you're trying to rotate across like that for a big guy, like Cabral, or if you're asking Derek Williams to do it, if you're asking, listen, you get those big guys moving around. Cool. is the same way. If you get those big guys moving around, they're not going to be the prettiest guys on the ball. Okay. This is major league soccer. The giant guys are not usually fleet of foot. They're not usually graceful in their steps. There's a lot of things. So once you pull him out of position and make him chase, he's in trouble. And boy, was Nick DePew in trouble all the way down that sideline. And then finally it was, uh, I think it was Kara, uh, who was, who was chasing the ball down and finally gets played in behind and DePew goes to cut him behind him and just falls down. Did that have a huge effect on the play? It may have. Kara certainly saw that he had a lot more time whenever that happens. So he gets his head up, uh, and he fires the ball across the, the, uh, the front. Okay. Here is the deal. And Julian Rajo has been on the bullseye board here for the last couple of games, and he's going to get pulled out, called out on this one as well. And I'm going to tell you why he does a great job in terms of tracking back. He gets back. He gets back to the spot he's supposed to be. All right. This was a scramble. And we saw a couple other scrambles where the galaxy did a really good job of getting back and sort of being in those good positions to break up the play. He is in the position now to break up the play and he's watching and waiting for car to do it. If Julian Araujo at any time takes a look over his right shoulder, he sees that Torres is coming and he'll know that's where the ball is going to be. All he has to do is take a quick glance and know where uh, Kara is trying to play this ball. He doesn't. And then when the ball is hit, I thought maybe Araujo was like in the middle of switching directions or was trying to do something that wouldn't allow him to accelerate to the ball. But watching the replay, good Lord, watching that replay, Julian Araujo stands there and is waiting for the ball to come to him. If he attacked that ball, right? And you're talking about somebody and listen, I'm never going to, I'm never going to tell you I was a good soccer player. All right. I am going to tell you that I understand the game, that I've always understood the game, that I, I enjoyed playing defense and right back and center back because I like seeing everything in front and I like sort of the chess match of the positioning and clogging lanes and doing the things that you can do in defense, sort of running off the ball and anticipating things. I can see that. And I'll tell you right now, I see it well enough to have conversations with players. Then we have an understanding of what things I don't think I'm usually off the mark, although occasionally a player will tell me, no, man, that, that's not true because of this. And this and I, I get educated. It happens every once in a while, but it, it happens. This is not that case. Julian Araujo steps that ball. If he even anticipates that that cross is coming and he knows that Torres is there because he checked his shoulder, he gets that ball or he causes enough problems for Torres um, that it's uh, it's not an, it's not an issue. Um, and instead you get a ninth minute goal from Torres and it's a great goal. Great goal. There's nothing Jonathan Bond's going to do about that. By the way, Jonathan Bond only had to make one save on the night outside of that one. So, so the idea that the defense lost this game is to me a laughable thing. Listen, if your defense only gives up a goal and you outshoot a team 20 to six, which is what happened. Um, if you outpossess them like 63, 64% to, to, to whatever the, the, uh, other side of that, uh, is if you do all of those things, then your offense needs to help. And so far in four games, it has been the offense's job to score goals and they haven't done it. Uh, two goals in the first two games, obviously they scored two goals in the next game, but they were chasing it because of set piece problems. We can argue about set piece problems and I'll argue that those are different than just defensive issues. Because the only defensive problem we have seen so far this year is that Seattle game. That's it. That's it. So, so you know, you can go through it. Listen, Depew makes a mistake there. Absolutely. Um, you know, but Araujo makes a big, a bigger mistake. Depew is tracking at least and trying. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's it. This is this is how this is how it works. Um, on these things is that you're going to have these little setbacks. The galaxy had plenty of firepower, plenty of offense, plenty of people who were able to make the difference and they didn't do it right. Chicharito has as much blame as Kevin Cabral. Quite honestly, go back and watch the replays and look at all the places that Chicharito gets the ball. There's a couple times he gets in the way, um, of some plays and he still had chances. One of the best balls, one of the best plays Cabral made on the night, by the way, was whenever he dummied that pass in the first half, right? Not only does he dummy it, Chicha hits it not very well. Uh, Glace 
uh, got on the ball, the, the Orlando goalkeeper, and then the ball's bouncing, and you see Kevin Cabral sort of trying to do the scorpion kick because it's behind him already. But what did Cabral do on that play that made so much sense is he ran towards the ball, he takes the defense with him, he dummies it, Chicha's now open for a shot, Chicha should have buried that. All right, it's a tough angle and it's a tough play. The other part about that is Cabral kept running. He circled. Once he made that dummy, he kept moving, moved around, and was in a position for a rebound. And he almost got it. Almost got it. Um, again, I am 100%, 100% on the Kevin Cabral needs to do better. Right again, I will. I will say it again. He was there. He was the worst player on the day, and he was the worst player on the day because he was in so many positions to be able to change that game, and he did not do it. Um, but to sit here and pretend like he's not creating those chances is not. That's not it. That's not it. That's not. That's not where we want to be. That's not how this is supposed. That's not. We are smarter than that, and we're going to continue to be smarter than that. All right. Um, I, I don't want us to fall into that trap. But we. I mean, the galaxy have problems in this as well. Uh, Greg Vanny said that uh, Douglas Costa, who who was who exits at halftime, felt something in the first five minutes. Uh, that he felt some tightness in his hamstring, and that that really he apparently came in at halftime, and Greg you know was trying to get a hold of him, I guess on the other side of the field, and the whole deal. And he comes in at halftime and he goes, "Listen, I can't explode. I can't get to the ball. I can't I can't do the things I want to do. So I, I need to come out." And Greg said, "You know, he thought that he would have pulled himself faster. Um, he would Douglas Costa would have pulled himself." Uh, if it was more serious. And so they don't think it's serious and he's going to have time to heal and all that stuff. So I think, I think the galaxy are going to escape on this, but Costa comes out at halftime. That's not what you want from a designated player, right? You don't want your designated player to, to come out at halftime. So that's something there. Uh, by the way, shout out to Herb, uh, $20 again, two twenty $20 and five cent, 2005. We always pay attention Herb. I, I make sure I, I understand. Uh, he goes, uh, Herb says finally made it to a live show. Hey Josh, thanks. Thank you for always giving us our galaxy fix fix Herb Memorial. Uh, and the original Sugar Daddy. Herb is the original Sugar Daddy here on the Corner of the Galaxy um, uh, podcast. So thank you, Herb. We appreciate it. Um, so yeah, so you lose, you know, you lose a guy like Douglas Costa, right? Yeah, that's not that's not great. That's not great, Bob. Uh, there's also other things that were happening in this first half. Uh, and I'll open this up to the chat room a little bit. See if you think I'm crazy. Uh, did Victor Vasquez suddenly learn suddenly not know how to use his left foot? Is that something that we saw? Because go back and watch that first half. Actually, go watch the whole game. Tell me where Victor Vasquez takes a shot with his left foot or passes with his left foot. How many outside of the boot right-footed shots slash crosses did Victor Vasquez have? A million? Because if it felt like a million. It felt like a million. It felt like he couldn't use his left foot. He seemed like he was injured. So you have Douglas Costa who was injured. You have Victor Vasquez who was injured. We didn't get to talk about Vasquez. Uh, we were trying to talk to him after the game, actually. Um, and so we thought we were going to, but then he was going to be like 30-something extra minutes because he was getting treatment. All right? So add that up. You know, one plus one does equal two on that, right? He's probably dealing with something on there. Um, he gets played in on that one ball that's over the top, right? And it wasn't like over the top. It was sort of chipped over to him. Uh, so he's on the left edge inside the post, but moving outside the post as he goes into the box. Uh, and that ball comes over. And if he has a left foot, he has a shot. But he didn't have a left foot for this entire night. So what did he do? He tried to right foot it. And the ball like sort of squirted away from him. And somebody got it. So Vasquez, not great. Uh, and I think Marvin is 100% correct. Vasquez can't be playing 70 minutes per game. It's too risky. Chicharito. See, here's the thing. And, and I was thinking about this now. Because if you look for the stats and stuff, Chicharito has played every minute of every game so far through four games. 360 minutes for Chicharito. We know that as the miles rack up on him, the more likely he is to get hurt, right? Okay. Are the Galaxy, and this is something that was sort of clicking through my mind today, and then we'll get back to the game. Are the Galaxy convinced that because it's not as condensed of a schedule, that Chicharito is going to be able to play more minutes this year because he's going to have more time to recover and keep himself in to a good game shape, right? Do we think that that's a, that's a possibility? It feels like a possibility. Um, so, so something to keep an eye on is there, but Victor Vasquez not using his left foot, a problem. Douglas Costa going out at halftime, a problem. Uh, I think Efrain Alvarez is, is that who came in at the, at the halftime? I have my stats here. I just, you know, you know me, I just don't really want to look at them because I was trying to do everything from, uh, from, uh, memory on it. But, um, let's see 45th minute. Yeah. Alvarez comes in for Costa. 
That's what I, I remember that. So 45 uh, at the at the halftime, you get Costa out. At 62 minutes, Cabral comes out. You lost two designated players before, you know, inside of 62 minutes. You usually want those guys there. Now, I think a lot of people were like, oh, well, I'm glad that Cabral came out. I'll tell you why that maybe probably wasn't great. And Greg keeps hitting at this. I don't know if you guys are picking up on this. Grant Sir doesn't bring anything to the table, guys. All right? He's not bringing anything to the table. You may like him. I like him. Seems like a, like a good guy, hard worker. He cuts inside. You like it. He looks dangerous. He has not been dangerous. So if Grant Sir isn't going to give you anything, then pulling Cabral at 62 minutes is a problem. Do you want to know what Cabral's expected goals was in this game? Just Cabral all by himself. Expected goals. 1.2. 1.2 was Cabral's expected goals. Galaxy finished, I think, with a 2.2 on expected goals. In fact, we have it. Let's look at it. No, that was the touches and the average positions. I swear, we do have it. It's right here. Um, Here you go. Kevin Cabral, 1.2. Your number two player on the night, Ryan Revelison. A ton of great shots. A ton of great shots, great looks. He didn't put many of them on target. In fact, he may have, not, he may have missed them all. He had the most, most shots of anybody. He had five. On the night. Remember, the LA Galaxy only put three shots on goal. They shot 20 times. They got blocked seven times. So we can we can understand that. So that's 13 balls that made it through, right? 13 balls that made it through. Three of them were on goal. Ten were off target. Some of those were really close. Sasha Kleshin came into the second half. Whenever Sasha comes in, things start to happen a little bit. Okay? When Sasha comes in, things start to happen a little bit. He had a good shot from, from distance, and you can see, like, it's a low percentage shot, but in this particular case, it was .02 expected goals. Douglas Costa on the night, .06 expected goals. Who was who was second? It was Revelison with .34 expected goals. Javier Hernandez, .21. Raheem Edwards and Javier Hernandez had the same number of expected goals, and the LA Galaxy finished with a 2.2, I believe, is the, is the number. All right? So... Uh, again, we talk about chances and I even, this was my post game sort of focus was, Hey Greg, we talk about chances. So you guys had 20 shots. You get three of them on goal. So are we seeing quality chances? Are we seeing chances, but not quality chances? Are we not seeing quality finishing? What is the problem and who else needs to score? I mean, so far you've had, you know, Chicharito, um, Chicharito scores, Douglas Costa scores, um, you know, you, you, you need more and you need more from Chicharito. He had a bad game. He didn't have a good game. Um, and, and that's a problem. It, it's going to continue to be a problem. Um, you know, Jovalich eventually comes into this game. Here's the problem with Jovalich. And this is at least what I'm feeling right now. I may change my mind on this. Uh, Jovalich is a replacement for Chicharito. He's not the guy who plays next to Chicharito. That's tough to sort of swallow, but I think that's why we're not seeing him as much is that they take up the same space and they sort of run in the same spots and they need to do, they need, they do need, they need to do more and different, right? More and different. Um, so Jovalich is an interesting case. I really like him. Uh, I'm, I'm super high on his progression, but good God, Kevin Cabral, finish, a, finish a goal. Kevin Cabral could have had like, you know, four goals against Orlando which is why he gets the worst player. But he was also in the best positions. Chicharito does not break back lines. Greg Vanny went over this again. And I think I understand what he's trying to say. He's saying, Kevin Cabral, you're right, 100%, that he is being put in positions and he's not finishing. You need that consistency. need that danger, right? You need that from Kevin Cabral. He's not getting it done. However, he does a lot of things that nobody else does on this team. Chicharito isn't breaking back lines. Sorry, not happening. Um... So that's a, you know, that's a, that's going to be a problem. Um, and Cabral is a solution to that problem, but he's only a solution to the problem if he's finishing. And I said during the game, I said, you know, <laughs> Cabral has, Vanny has patience for Cabral. He's going to have a lot more patience than anybody in this chat room for sure. Certainly everybody on, on Twitter, You're, he's going to have way more patience than people on Twitter. Uh, he's probably going to have more patience than most of the reporters in terms of, you know, we're going to, we've started asking and Sophie was the one who asked about Cabral after the game. I'll play you some of that audio here coming up in a second because I'm reaching my 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 limit on talking straight. But 
he's got to finish. And he pro- he provides that that back line danger that is nowhere else on this team because Grant Sear doesn't do it. Uh, he says he does it a little bit. He doesn't do it. He doesn't get in behind. Um, and so you need to get the finishing from him. Bottom line is this Galaxy team is a very good team if Kevin Cabral can finish because you're getting goals from other places and he opens up more space for things. I don't know. I don't know what else we're. I, I. It's. It's at this point though. I mean, listen. Everybody wants to say this is shades of 2021. I would say, yes and no. Um. Certainly, relying on Chicharito is very 2021. Um. Defensive wise, they they haven't been the issue in the first four games. Um. Outside of the set pieces, again, I separate that out from overall defensive team defense. Team defense has not been a problem. Mark Delgado has been playing really well. Again, an under he's going to be underrated in this game, um, but he was really he was really solid in this game. Uh, Ravellison was was pretty good and got a lot of chances, so you like seeing that. But he needs to put stuff on goal. Uh, Galaxy had two hundred and twenty two more passes than Orlando, a ton more possession. I mean, you know, what tw- twelve to two on corners? Do you remember the Galaxy being dangerous on corners like ever? It feels like it's been forever, right? That's what it, that's what it feels like. <sighs> um, you know, Galaxy, almost 90% passing accuracy. I mean, passing the final third, 80.4% to 73.9, right? Crosses, 22. That that felt a little 2022, or 2021, was 22 crosses. Did you feel like there were like too many crosses? We, who was who going there? Have you seen the crosses and the crosses are going to space, but nobody's running into the space? So... <laughs> Are we blaming the people who are making the crosses, who are putting them in the dangerous space? Or are we blaming the people for not making the runs, for not getting into the dangerous space? That's a problem. Because you see crosses going in, 22 of them, um, and you're like, there's there's nobody there. Nothing's going to happen. They're not making those runs. So the the cross and pray, I think it was back to Siggy Ball a little bit, cross and pray, but Zlatan's not in there, so that's not going to help you. Um, yeah, just super disappointing. Super disappointing um, with all these things uh, because you don't get points for any of these these stats, right? That's not how it works. Um, but the Galaxy are... Listen, if you want to say... If you want to compare the start of 2021 to the start of 2022, they're like polar opposites. Total opposites, right? The LA Galaxy were outperforming their expected goals um, in 2021 start and they were winning all those games. And eventually they regressed back to the mean a little bit, right? They went back to that center. And towards the end of the season, they were um, out. They were underperforming their expected goals and not getting the wins that was during the winless streak, right? That's what you're seeing right now is they're over. They're underperforming. I'll get it right. They are underperforming their expected goals right now. They are generating the chances. They are generating the things. They are controlling the game. They have possession. They have all the things that are there except for the finished product. And when that finished product isn't there, they're not going to win games, right? And that's anybody. Um, they're not going to win games. But if, as a defense, you only give up two shots. Oh, okay. Two shots on goal. It was six total shots. Okay. Sounds good to me. Um, so it's, you, you, you gotta, you gotta be smarter. And by the way, Oscar Pereja was going to, and, and somebody said, <laughs> somebody said that Vanny got out coached and I would push back on that. Uh, I think Vanny got out executed because I think Vanny told us what the game plan was going to be for Orlando, and it was exactly what he told us to be. And the Galaxy went out there and basically did all the things they were supposed to do in execution except for one transition that they missed, and it's in the ninth minute. Uh, by, the Scott, by the way, Scott French, who was sitting in the press box, says that goal was actually scored in the 10th minute because it was scored at 9.01. All right, so there's a conspiracy theory for you. Um, but that's where we said that you can't do that. I mean, you know, there's a lot of MIA guys on this list too. When we go back and we look at like some of the subs who came in and stuff like that. Okay. Grant Shear came in. Did he do anything? Eh. Jovalich came in. Did he do anything? Nah. Uh, Kleshin came in, was a little more dangerous. Certainly. I like that. Um, and then <coughs> Efrain Alvarez, um, sort of again, pulling into those, those wide spots. Um, so let's get you some audio. All right. Um, let's see. Audio, 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 audio. Um, I want to make sure I get to the, to the right ones. Let's start with Greg at the top. Um, Greg at the top is good. This was after my question. I said, um, you know, I, I said, I I have to imagine this isn't the way that you wanted to, um, wanted to rebound off of the Seattle game. Um, and so here is Mr. Greg Vanny after the game. Yeah. I mean, it, it became, became uh again last week we we lose the game on an execution on set pieces uh this week we didn't manage a transition 
uh, well, which then gives the away team a uh, you know 1-0 lead. We got a little overzealous on the on the transition. We go and try to win the ball right away. We don't. They're behind us now. Our center backs are kind of scrambling in between, trying to rotate across and deal with the ball. And he puts in a, a perfect cross and a great finish. Um, and now all of a sudden, in a game that we're again we're in control of, even though it was relatively early, we're down 1-0 um, and we're uphill. Uh, and Again, we, we create chances. We get the balls into decent spots. The connection between in the final action, not precise enough to put something in the back of the net. And the game continues to kind of progress where we, as it starts to go, we start to feel more and more like, I think, like we're chasing it, you know. Uh, and it gets a little bit murky at the end. Just they have a lot of numbers behind the ball. We're trying to get numbers in front of the goal. Um, and then, of course, there's some transitions in that. But I thought, again, we played through their pressure. Uh, we got into their half of the field with, you know, with relative ease. We get into attacking situations. Sometimes I think we're impatient and we try to, we try to hit final passes at the wrong times instead of working to get deeper, working to get to the end lines, uh, playing the numbers a little bit, um, and working for more clear opportunities. Uh, we got a little impatient and then again, I think as the game ticks away, then emotion starts to, to creep into the game and it starts to get a little bit, a little get fuzzy down the stretch. But, um, again, another game that we, we just didn't execute on, on the final actions and we showed vulnerability in the transition and gave one away, uh, early on that, that made it an uphill struggle. All right, let's just keep rolling on with uh, with my follow up to this, which was uh, on the offensive side and the twenty shots to, to things. Are the Galaxy, you know, generating chances, but maybe not quality chances? So here's Vanny's uh, answer to that. A little bit. I mean, I think for sure. Again, it's as I said before. There's times where I feel like we need to be more, a little bit more patient, and work for a little bit more depth. Uh, it makes for the the finish to be a little bit better. There's sometimes when I think just we do work into those areas and we do play cr- balls across the face of the goal or we do find areas and we, we miss the goal. We hit the goalkeeper. That was on obviously not on a ton of occasions, but on a number of them. Uh, and, a, and a, yeah, I think there's there's a combination of both things. I think we can work for better chances, but I also think we need to put more things on target and make the goalkeeper come up with more saves, work for more second second balls in terms of uh, rebounds and different things. And I think we're... we're we are uh, we're getting to areas and we're creating chances, but those chances need to be obviously either on target or, or really connect and ended up being goals. So, um, but some of the possession, some of the ball movement, some of the the circulation to get to the final action has been very good. That's why we've been in, I think, in such control of a lot of these games. But, but. Um, yeah, we got to finish, and and we can't. Uh, we got to manage every play in the game if we're if we're not going to score many goals, and we didn't manage uh, early on. All right, there we go. A little uh, Greg Vanning on that. I want to get to Sophie's question because uh, she asked about Cabral. So let's get Sophie, and I'll let her ask the question as well. Always nice to have a COG uh, co-host asking questions in the in the post game. So uh, here's Sophie's question again. She focuses on Cabral, and uh, I think she words it well. And then listen to what Vanny said. Thanks, Coach. Um, Sorry. wanted to ask you a couple of questions. First one is uh, Cabral. Um, you've shown a lot of faith in him, and, you know, at times he, he's had some good games, but it felt like one of those frustrating games for him where he was finding himself in certain positions that maybe positionally off or a touch too late or maybe needed to pass more when, when he did. And your thoughts on his progression overall. And then second... Yeah, thanks. Uh, first, as it, as it relates to Kevin, um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the obvious things for me is in the final action, Kevin needs to be more consistent and he needs to be more productive. That's, that's the first thing. The second is the running that Kevin does and, uh, and the work that he does. We don't have anyone on our team who does any, does that, right? Uh, Sam does a little bit of it, but not the same. It's the consistency of, working behind the back line, running through the back line into the depth. It's it's working to add another player in front of goal. There's there's things that I think we have to be patient with because he does those things different than anyone else in our team and and that creates opportunity and space and control uh for others. So there's things that we have to that I appreciate about his performances that maybe aren't as clear as as goal scoring chances and and scoring goals. Uh, those those bear out in the numbers that we look at and the things that we assess. 
Having said that, what every, most everyone else sees is the execution side of things, and for sure that's, that has to take a big step forward because we need more, more end product, whether that's the pass, whether that's the finish, because he found himself again in a few good places where, um, where with a little more quality and a little more confidence maybe, um, he puts things on goal, he makes keepers make the save, maybe he puts it in the back of the net, we get more out of it. So, uh, I would just say that side is definitely a work in, a work in progress, but the, the running and the sprinting and the high speed running, it, we don't have anyone that's even close to him in, in, in our group that, that gives that, give us, gives us that on a consistent basis, which there's value, there's value in that for us. But right now when we're searching for goals, we, we need the final piece too. We need the final product. That's, that's for sure. Uh, all right, there we go. There's a little, uh, Greg Vanny on, on Kevin Cabral. Wanted to make sure that we got that there. Um, yeah, it's 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 something that that again I told you Greg Vanny's gonna have a lot more patience than everybody else is going to, and you know what? It's Greg Vanny's job to have more patience than us, um, and certainly more patience than fans. I get it, I, I get it. You get another sold out game, um, you know, on a Saturday, you're getting people back to the stadium. People are feeling feeling good about all that, um, and you go and lay an egg in this game. Listen, it's not a good game. You know, it doesn't matter what the stats say. It doesn't matter what what anybody says on it. We can go through the stats and look at them and assess whether or not what we're seeing is making sense. And all the stats here make sense to me. Um, there's nothing in here that was surprising. Uh, Mark Delgado with the most touches in 90. You know, Raheem Edwards, which, by the way, we haven't talked about. But Raheem Edwards has been the player of the year so far for the LA Galaxy. Um, had a couple amazing tackles and trackbacks. There was another counterattack that happened, I think, in like the 15th minute. Yeah, in the 15th minute. This is just before um, this actually sort of queued up the whole run the other way where, where Cabral and Chicharito almost got on the on the end of a ball and, and almost made something happen. But in the 15th minute, he runs like, you know, I don't know, 50, 60 yards at a full sprint, comes in, sliding tackle into the middle and stops what was <laughs> looked like another promising uh, counterattack from Orlando. Um you know, he's doing he's doing things that, that you didn't expect him to do. Uh, I don't know if you can expect him to score goals, but he was actually one of the guys who had more some of the better chances for the LA Galaxy as well. Um, again, the Galaxy are getting the chances and they're not converting them, and I think that's probably the most frustrating thing that you will see out there. Um, so it's something to keep an eye on. And again, we, we have to keep seeing, you know, these, these things that are, are happening in front. And I think it's up to us and certainly up to me on this podcast is to compare that to what we've seen before. Um, I'm going to tell you a a little story about what happened after, um, after the game. And, uh, I'm not going to use this person's name because I, I, it wasn't something that was supposed to be made for, for public broadcast and I don't it's not bad um and what they say I'm sure they would say on this podcast should I have invited them uh but I was getting ready to leave the parking lot and I ran into a a former LA Galaxy player um who I've known for for a while and I sort of yelled at him through the window of the car um and he came over and we talked and we ended up talking about 10 minutes we talked about Kevin Cabral and it was funny he goes he goes, and the first thing he says, he goes, man, Kevin Cabral, if that dude could just finish. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. I go, do you know he had a 1.2 unexpected goals? And he goes, no way. He goes, makes sense. He goes, he was in all the right places. He goes, and this was, this was without me, you know, we were sort of talking about Cabral. So this was without me, you know, saying anything. He goes, he's gotten so much better this year, so much better this year. Um, and he goes like physically like that dude would get like blown over by wind last year. And this year he fights through tackles. He does a lot better job. He draws fouls. He puts himself in dangerous positions. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing what this person said. He goes like if he could finish, he would be one of the best players in major league soccer because good Lord, all the stuff. And he goes and it's night and day between what he saw last year and this year. So we have to put and, and again, that's that's a former that's a former LA Galaxy player. You can say, I don't know what I'm talking about, which is early and often. You can say it all the time. I know lots of you do. Lots of you don't believe. I am a defense homer. I'm going to defend the defense probably more than the defense defends uh, the goal sometimes. Uh, I'm going to defend the defense just because I know I played that position. I understand the workings. I understand the rotations. I understand what happens whenever you pull center backs. Like if you want to pull apart a defense, I can tell you how to do it. And Orlando did a great job moving a center back outside and making a center back run, making a center back turn and run towards their own goal, making them chase, pulling the other center back across the field, making the outside back fall into the center. Like all these things are just, you know, sort of defensive, how you pull down a defense one-on-one. And the thing about defense is you can be great 99 times. You fail that one time, which is what this 
this game was. You failed once, and you know you're going to be labeled a failure on that. You can say I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and yes, I will defend the defense. Um, but whenever we're talking about you know somebody who played professional soccer who knows what they're talking about and looks at Cabral, they see the steps. And I think it's important for us to go back and remember that last year was worse. All right, just as we look at defense, the last year's defense was worse. This year' defense for four games. I'll take this defense all the way to an MLS Cup. All right. Um, throw out the set piece goals, throw them out. The LA galaxy have allowed three goals in four games. Excuse me. The LA galaxy have allowed, uh, let's see, you would win. So the zero, 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 one, one, they allowed one goal, one goal from the run of play. That's it. One goal in four games. That's so much different than last year. Mark Delgado in the center of the field, Ryan Revelison in the center of the field and what they're able to do right now. I hope they can keep it up because the work rate in the center of the field is fantastic. Um, I'm still of the meeting and I, and I didn't get to this Patrick. Um, Patrick gave us a, a, I think a $10 super chat uh, and said, uh, need a cam, need a central tagging midfielder. Yes. Yes. I'm still big on that. That's the, that's the targeted allocation money that Greg Vanny is sitting on. I, I mean, you got all your defenders. Stop stop spending money. By the way, there was somebody who was like, oh, do you want the LA Galaxy? It was on Twitter today. Do you want the LA Galaxy to spend uh, money on a, a def- uh, on a, on a, uh, or just to use a designated player spot on a defender? And it was like 67% yes and 30% no. And I was like, yeah, because throwing money at it has been the problem for the LA Galaxy. Um, the, the Galaxy has spent millions of dollars on defense. People Gonzalez, Jorgen Shelvick, Michael Ciani, uh, Yella Van Damme. Ashley Cole, even great, great, by the way, did, did any of those things like fix the defense? Ashley Cole certainly shored up a, a defense that was uh, struggling there, but he also played at some of the worst teams for the LA galaxy. Yellow Van Damme was a good signing, right? Until the second year when he decided he didn't want to play anymore and quit on the team a couple times, personal problems, understand it. Just saying that's what happened in the second year. Michael Ciani drove a McLaren around. I don't know that there was anything else that he actually did. Jorgen Shelvick took millions of dollars from the LA Galaxy, one of the highest paid defenders in the league whenever he signed. That was the story I broke for the LA Times, which is why I will always remember it. All right. Uh, People Gonzalez, how many, how much money did they just bury in all that stuff? It's not the money. It's the system. All right. And it has been the system. And why is the defense better this year already? Because Mark Delgado and Ryan Revelison are in a central midfield that is helping protect the center of the field. That's why it's team defense. Kevin Cabral, quite honestly, working back on defense and actually playing um, because you're not getting out of the, anything out of that from Douglas Costa. Um, not that I expected either, right? It's like whenever Efrain Alvarez is, don't expect him to play defense. He's not going to do it. Um, you know, Victor Vasquez, not going to play defense. Okay, cool. You know, uh, Chicharito. Chicharito plays more defense on the back check than almost anybody else. That back press, uh, and he almost got a goal out of it. Uh, the back press that he does is is everybody thinks, oh, nobody's going to go for that ball, and Chicharito will go for it and back press. So these are the things. It's not about spending money. It's about the system. All right? You had some good defenders, and you played some really bad guys in front of those defenders, right? It's not about the money. It's about the system. I think... Right now, if the LA, let's, okay, so if it ends right now, right, if, if basically we get to project through 34 games, the LA Galaxy will have scored 34 goals and allowed, uh, and allowed 34 goals, all right, basically four games played, four games, uh, four goals allowed, right, so one goal per game, that would continue, and they would have a lot of draws throughout the rest of the year, um, and it, they would end with 34 goals scored and 34 goals against, um, 50, what was the number last year, 50-something, I can't remember, and I have it on my stats. I just, uh, I just don't have it. But like a considerable amount above that. It's always dangerous to project in the first four games of what a goal, like goal total, goal end is going to be at. But at 34 goals, allowing 34 goals, this would be one of the best defenses the LA Galaxy had in a really long time. Um, so yeah, it's uh, so so again, getting there. Uh, if we go to some other stats and just take a look at things, um, the LA Galaxy right now, uh, we we call them on a losing streak, uh, two-game losing streak. Last year, their longest losing streak was three. Remember, they go up to Portland next. Portland got smashed by FC Dallas. I mean, you want to talk about total destruction. It was like a, a demolition derby, and uh, and Portland was driving a motorcycle in it. Um, 
I don't know. This FC Dallas team makes me angry because every year I'm convinced they're not going to be. It's like RSL right now. I was totally convinced RSL was. They didn't replace anybody. They're not going to play well. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Real Salt Lake. You mean the team that's beating everybody right now? Some weakened teams in there, obviously. Um, but looking at that, but the LA Galaxy longest losing streak are now two. Last year it was three. Right. They go up to play Portland next. That could be a three right there. You could match it and you could have a three game losing streak in this very open, you know, five games. You could have three losses in five games. That's not the way you want to start. And going up to Portland again is going to be a problem. Uh, longest winless streak, however, in 2021 was nine games right now. The Galaxy just at two games. If we look at uh, at the start, the LA Galaxy are off to their 14th best start. Can we say 14th best whenever we get there? I guess out of 27 years, that's not horrible. Um, but uh, six points through four games, there are 14 other <laughs> seasons that finish better than them. Um, at this point in 2021, last year, the LA Galaxy had one more win. So again, at this point in the season, it's early. There's not this huge, you know, sort of jump between where it was. Uh, 2010, by the way, it was at 12 points. 1996 was at 12 points at this point. 1998 at 10 points uh, through four games. So keep that in mind as you're, you're looking at this and it's certainly not all is lost, but, uh, it's a little bit of a jarring sort of understanding of, of where the LA galaxy are right now and stats wise and what the other years have sort of done through the first four games. Um, by the way, Matthew bus says Austin look legit. Don't sleep on them. They Austin look good. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, we're going to get to the standings here in a second. I'm going to tell you, there are some good teams in the top of those standings right now. And I, you know, looking at the schedule coming up, I'm not exactly sure that the LA galaxy should be, uh, excited, uh, about their upcoming games. There's going to be some ridiculously tough games. Portland is one of them. LAFC, El Trafico, uh, they're up at the, at the top. I think they're in first place in the Western conference. So, um, that's something to worry about as well. Um, we keep track of the LA Galaxy and what happens whenever they score the first goal or allow the first goal. Uh, this is the first time this season that they didn't score the first goal. Uh, so they are 0-1-0 when scoring the first goal. Just like to remind everyone, or when not scoring the first goal, whenever they allow the first goal. When the LA Galaxy allowed the first goal last year, uh, they were 1-10-6. and All right. And we all remember that one win was the very first game of the year um, against Miami last year. So, uh, again, not the recipe for success for any team, um, especially for the L.A. Galaxy. They were split almost even last year between games they scored uh, the first goal in and games that they allowed uh, the first goal in. Uh, and uh, the the two records were wildly different, as you could probably imagine. So uh, it's very important for this team and for a lot of teams to score first. Not a surprise, but still something that we watch and we keep track of. Um, if we go through our, our points per month, and I didn't show it, but um, you know, you're done with March. There are no more games in March. You finished with one win and two losses. You finished with a 1.00 average points per game overall. The LA Galaxy at 1.5 points per game uh, with four games played, six points gathered. Um, so yeah, that's where we're. That's where the Galaxy are at. Uh, let's get to the schedule here a little bit, and I want to make sure that we we sort of understand what is coming. Uh, Every year, or excuse me, every month uh, after this is balanced. Uh, every month basically has, you know, uh, the, and, and it's April uh, and May are the unbalanced ones, but they balance each other out whenever you look at it in terms of home and away, right? The April for the LA Galaxy is away, home, away, home, away. Uh, your away games are Portland, Chicago, and Salt Lake. We're going to look at the standings here in a second. You're going to be like, that's not great. Uh, the home games are El Trafico, LAFC, and Nashville. Those are tough games. Um, so what is coming in April will not be easy for the LA Galaxy. Uh, and I could see losses in the majority of these games if they don't pick up where they're going. Um, there has to be finishing. There has to be something, you know, it's, it's to the point now where it's important. And if Douglas Costa is going to be out, um, and we don't know what his status is, but if he's going to be out, the, the finishing becomes even more important. You're expecting someone like to him to put in 10 goals this year. you but you're also expecting Kevin Cabral to have like seven goals and seven assists. Um, so you need to have more and he should have had one. Chicha missed a sitter on the doorstep with that header that came back across in the, in the second half. Um, so that's where these it's going to be very difficult to score in Portland. It's going to be difficult to score against LAFC. who have looked good so far. It'll be difficult to go on the road and play Chicago. Chicago is a different team this year. 
Um, you know, Nashville is one of the best teams in Major League Soccer. Hands down, RSL right now playing like they're one of the best teams in soccer. So we have April uh, and then we have May and May has the opposite, right? <laughs> so May you get uh, three home games and two away games, but we have five games in the next two in the next two months. After that, every single month is even even as we go to six games in those summer months. Um, and so you get through this and you're like, okay, but they're even they're They're even home, even away all the way through to the end of the season. So this will be <laughs> the one year, um, or excuse me, the one month, um, in April that is going to be unbalanced in terms of uh, away games versus home. So, all right, keep an eye on that. That's a tough schedule coming up. Certainly something you to watch. Uh, Raheem Edwards is placed on the extended Canadian men's national team roster. Uh, so he is, you know, he, he's available for selection. Should someone get uh, hurt and rightfully so he should be on not if maybe on the uh, Canadian uh, men's national team. And listen, Canada is going to qualify for uh, the World Cup. Uh, Mexico looks like they're going to qualify. It's the U.S. And I certainly think that the U.S. are going to qualify as well. So keep that in mind uh, this week with the international breaks and everything's going on. But I'm not going to say Canada is in the best position to qualify they will qualify i expect them to and uh that's going to be exciting for them uh they may even win the uh the all the uh the qualifying as well all right uh as we look at the supporter shield right now it is lafc with 10 points uh sitting in number one philadelphia number two rsl number three columbus four with eight points chicago with eight points remember i told you chicago they're there as well. Uh, Minnesota with eight points. Austin with seven points. The LA Galaxy sitting at 14. If you're going to say anything about yourself right now, it's that you are in the upper half of this league right now, having won two games and lost two games. Okay? Cincinnati, by the way, all of a sudden can play soccer. Uh, Pat Noonan, Dom Kinnear, and those guys are over there just, you know, plugging away, doing a great job. Uh, so Cincinnati can play soccer. There's been so little changes. Miami still can't play soccer. Uh, that's not surprising. Uh, Eastern Conference, it's Philadelphia, Columbus, Chicago, and New York. New York Red Bulls. I saw them in preseason. They were not... Um there was nothing that I saw that was like, oh, wow, this is going to be a really good team. New York, the Red Bulls have been a very good team. New York City has not been a great team. Granted, they are playing in CCL, so you give them a little bit of pass. Uh, Atlanta is uh, <laughs> is rejuvenated, certainly, with uh, Joseph Martinez, and they're scoring a lot of goals. Um, so you see that. Orlando's in fifth after their win over the LA Galaxy. Western Conference, LAFC, RSL, Minnesota, Austin, Dallas, Colorado, LA. Here's the thing. When I look at all the teams that are above the LA Galaxy right now, they all feel like they they deserve to be above the LA Galaxy right now. I will say the the one that's probably in the position that's least earned, and I'll gladly take the heat for this, is LAFC. I don't think they played many teams yet. I think RSL's had a tougher schedule and done better. Uh, I think Minnesota has had a tougher schedule. I think Austin played some nobodies and got away with it, but they are still playing. That seems to have given them confidence. They're different. They seem like a little bit of a different team. Um, so we'll, we'll allow them Dallas. Dallas's destruction of Portland was just complete. Um, so that was, that was fun to watch highlights of and see all that stuff. So, you know, there's some teams down below though, that you imagine are going to be headed towards the top. I mean, Nashville is one of them. Seattle is one of them. Portland is there. Kansas city. I mean, Listen, if you went and figured out who the who you thought some of the best teams in the Western Conference are, you'd be like, well, Seattle, Seattle's number one. Well, they're 10th right now. Uh, you know, Nashville, Nashville's up there. Well, they're 11th right now. Well, Sporting Kansas City has to be two or three. They're 12th right now. Uh, San Jose and Vancouver are definitely in the right spots um, where they sit. So that's that's not surprising. But, you know, what about the LA Galaxy? Are the LA Galaxy middle of the road Western Conference team right now? Yeah. Yeah. You can say they are. Um, so anyway, so, so that's where it is. I, I went and I always plot the LA galaxy tabling position after, excuse me, after each game. So we're four games here. The LA galaxy sit at 14th on the supporter shield and seventh in the Western conference. Here's one thing. The LA galaxy were not below seventh until the final game of last year. So they stayed above seventh for most of the year. And in fact, almost all the year, except for that last game. Uh, the other fun thing is that the LA Galaxy actually sat at third place in the Western Conference for like most of the, uh, the the season, a third of the season. They were basically sitting there. So where they are right now is the lowest spot they had. They were last year outside of the last game when they missed the playoffs. Um, so we'll see. Just again, something to keep an eye on, something to watch, something we're always trying to keep track of. All right. Um, yeah. Listen, I, I think that you have every right to be upset with the way that they played. And and there's one final thing I sort of want to touch on. 
Um, cause Greg Vanny said it and it's just, it's not sitting right with me. And I was trying to figure out what he meant because Greg's not usually wrong on things. And you know, it, it's not that I would gladly call him out if he's wrong. I just, whenever he says something I don't understand, then it usually it's like, I'm not getting what he's saying. Something I'm not, I'm not picking up on. Um, and Vanny says, you know, we need to have more patience. And I, I watched the game and you're sitting there in the stadium and that second half, it, you know, especially as you get edged towards like the last 15 minutes, last quarter of an hour, there was, there was like almost too patient. They were being too patient. It's like, Oh, let's, Oh, no, no, let's keep passing and, and doing stuff. And I, I almost feel like, you know, Greg, it felt like they needed an injection of energy. They needed somebody to make runs. They needed something to do it. And that there was, there was too, com- they were too complacent. And where I sort of fell, fell on this at the end is that when Greg says patience, he's not saying, I want you to be calm with the ball. And, you know, let's be very Zen-like. Let's not run very much. Let's just be calm and just wait for things to happen. Greg's patience more is is from what I, from what I, what he wants to see from the team is deeper progressions, uh, passing, moving more, um, but continuing to pass the ball and continuing to move until you get the good chances to open up. And I think his argument is that the Galaxy are impatient whenever they settle for a low percentage shot, when they settle for something that is just you know open for a second instead of looking for that second and third pass. And sometimes I think Greg Vanny's teams pass too much, and I do like to see shots. But I, I imagine most of you were as uh, frustrated with the LA Galaxy as as probably everybody was in the stadium whenever you see those shots being taken from well outside the box or in positions where, you know, Chicharito got a ball on the right-hand side where you're like, like, just bring it down. Bring it down and do something with it. Instead, he tried to, like, full volley it from outside the post, almost outside the box. Um, and so it's like those decisions are, are where he's saying they're impatient. Uh, Matt in the chat room says, you know, I think what he meant was that they settled for bad plays, i.e. crossing for no reason. Yeah, I, I, that's again, that's what I think that when I think of patience, because I have a young, (laughs) young child, I sit there and go, you know, when we're, when we are lacking patience, we need to take a deep breath. (sighs) All right. And we need to calm down and we need to think, you know, that's like the dad in me wants to be like, let's calm down. Everybody stop moving. Everybody playing soccer right now. Stop moving. Let's all take a deep breath. Let's think happy thoughts and let's go ahead and do it. And that's not, that's not what Vanny says. So it's not what he's trying to get across. And I'm convinced of that. Um, whenever I, I look at that. So, um, yeah, there has to be an urgency in this. There has to be a want and a need, um, to, to be able to break these down. Listen, this is not new. If you want to talk about something that's very similar to 2021, it's the galaxy's inability to break down a low block. It's tough. It's tough in a league like MLS to do that. Um, especially when there are 11 guys behind the ball, you know, you had four or five people on the defensive line and then you had the rest of the people stacked in, in a block up above them. It's hard. It's not easy. Uh, it's very condensed in the galaxy play on a wide enough field that there's no problems with that. Uh, but they need to, they need to, um, they need, the offense needs to kick into gear. If the offense scores, you know, two goals against Portland, the galaxy will win or at least get a draw offense needs to score. All right, you can't ask the defense to hold a shutout in Portland. I'm sorry, that's any defense. That's the 2011 defenses. They did it, but you can't ask them to. You need the support, and you need to score first. Um, you need to get that confidence in there, and you need Chicharito, and you need Cabral, and you need some guys like Douglas Costa. You need these guys starting to fire, and quite honestly, you need somebody like Revelison to get a couple goals again. That was a hallmark of the LA Galaxy's early run last year was Revelison coming out of nowhere and scoring all the goals. Um and you need that. You need guys like Sasha Klesch and get it on the thing. You need Victor Vasquez to score a goal, maybe with his left foot. I don't know, Victor. Maybe use your left foot. Super interesting that he wasn't using his left foot. That is like more that's been bothering me. I've been like dreaming about it at night, um, trying to understand what it was. So, all right. Um, yeah, that's it. Unfortunately, you have a, have a little break here. Uh, the LA Galaxy not back in action until April 3rd uh, when they'll play Portland. Uh, I believe Portland plays in the break as well, so they will not be off. Maybe that's a plus, maybe that's a minus. Can't tell you. Uh, FS1 and Fox Deportes. Uh, by the way, that Chicago game, April 16th, is coming up pretty fast. Haven't heard about the LA Galaxy's uh, um, TV deal. That will be a local TV game. Um, so I imagine that we're going to get an answer here pretty soon. Um, and we'll see. We'll see where see where it goes. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to. There is some. I, listen, I'm going to tell you something, and I'm not going to give you complete information. Uh, and there's going to be a reason for that. And eventually, I'm going to tell you the complete information, but I can't tell you right now. All right. Um, and I know lots of people have been asking about Mutatu and, and where he is. They're they're working on it. All right. Um, I don't I don't expect that there will be any issues, but they're working on it. 
and then as soon as it's done, I will tell you, um, I'll tell you the story about everything that's going on. So it's super interesting. Um, but, uh, just, it, it'll get done. Just, just give it some time. And then, you know, again, he's sort of listed on the first team roster right now. It's not announced. Um, but that'll come and we will have a nice lively discussion about the whole thing. Um, and hopefully we'll get him back on the show and maybe he can talk about it as well. But for right now they're working on it and I imagine that that all gets done, but they'll, they'll get there. Okay. All right. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys the international break. If you are a fan of a national team, I hope you enjoy your national team's games this weekend. Uh, Mexico and Canada and El Salvador. You can watch Eric Zavalletta play for El Salvador. Um, some of the youngins, I think, uh, for Kranis and uh, and uh, Jalen Neal are, are in some of the U20 camps. Um, so pay attention to that. I, I, was, I saw some of that today, but I was busy. So anyway, I just want everybody to know, uh, you have a good week. Enjoy it. Uh, enjoy a little bit of time off and you know, we'll kick back off here in, uh, on April 3rd and the galaxy get back right now, planning a show on Thursday night. We'll see if that happens. Um, but Thursday night is, is usually good for a show. I think we have, uh, the hammer is in, although he was already trying to get out of it. He goes, I want to watch games. I don't want to, I don't want to be podcasting, but we'll, we might do something or I might do something cause I get bored. You know that. All right. All right. Um, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, the Kev Dog, Baxter, is down in Mexico, so I imagine he'll be back. He, he's going to be traveling, but we're going to talk to him on Monday. I think we have it worked out for Monday, so he'll be back next Monday. All right. Uh, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can find our podcasts, our news, our recaps, our videos. I have the full post-game video up and ready for you at YouTube as well. Like all of our YouTube videos, subscribe, hit the little notification bell, subscribe on podcasts, do all that fun stuff, and we'll be good. All right, LA Galaxy get the loss, but they'll be back against Portland coming up. Uh, for Kevin the Panda Baxter, who wasn't here, I'm Josh Patrick Guessman. You've been listening to, you've been watching Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.